Well, welcome everybody, or whoever decides to be here. Uh, right now it's 3.30 Central Standard Time in Mexico City. I decided that I came here as a Latino from the United States to learn the language of my culture, which is Spanish. Coming here as an American at Chicano, I didn't know a lot about the language because our family was taught not to speak Spanish, so we wouldn't have un accento. Porque jobs weren't as lucrative for Mexicans when I was young to speak Spanish and have an accent. That's all changed now, but I still came from the culture where we didn't speak a lot of Spanish. Well, my mother did. In fact, that's how we knew when we were in trouble, is we would hear my mother speaking to her friends on the phone, and if our names were mentioned, blah, 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 Michael, you knew you needed to go hide because you were the one in trouble. <laughs> I grew up with three brothers and a younger sister, and we all kind of figured out how to do that, and we all don't speak Spanish very well. I have learned since coming to Mexico City, uh, eight months now, I've become pretty fluent. Um, not fluent fluent. Uh, as I say to everybody, I, I, I kind of speak like a, a fifth grader, a fifth grader boy. Okay, not a fifth grader girl because a fifth grader girl is very sophisticated. Uh, they know how to say things to you to make you really feel like you need to do more as a boy. <laughs> but I speak like a fifth grader. So in this quest, because I often do business here, negocios, um, I needed to figure out how to speak correctly and be able to have a conversation. And because I do stand-up comedy as well, that was one of the things that I needed to understand the language, the culture, what makes Mexicans think, and are we any different on this side of the border than on that side of the border? I come to the conclusion that we're not. In fact, the first joke I ever did at a comedy club here in Mexico City was about Horno. Okay, as everybody knows, the horno is an oven. And in the Mexican culture, whether you're on that side of the culture of the of the wall or border or wherever you are south of Mexico, whether you're on north of Mexico City, everybody uses the oven as a place to place your things. <laughs> I know in my Mexican family we did. And so my joke goes along those lines. And uh, I mix up the word horno with horny, of course, uh, because in my mind, I think Horn, and I just hear the Y at the end just because I'm American. <laughs> so that was my joke. Okay. But in all the time that I've been here, I've always been stuck with what is it that I need to learn to better to speak in this country? Because in Mexico City, there are very few people who speak English. In fact, I've been here for eight months, and I bet you I've only met two or three people who speak English poorly at that. So... I concluded that I needed to learn more power words, more business words, more, more words that, that I could speak to an audience, like a comedian audience, and what those words were, are, is what I'm trying to talk about now. In fact, I'm a teacher. I, I got a degree at Arizona State University as a teacher. I'm also an engineer, so I do both teaching and engineering, um, computer science engineering. And so I decided, well, with all this knowledge, of teachings I taught for 20 years before I went to start working for corporate America and traveling the world. And I just said, well, why don't I take some of these, these things that I've learned and apply it here in this environment and learn to teach a course on what words matter to have conversational Spanish. Now, of course, 
At Arizona State University, I did take Spanish because you needed to take a language in order to graduate. So I took Spanish. And as Chichen Chong said, Mexican-American taking Spanish and getting a B. <laughs> I truly got a B. Okay. But because I understood so many words already that I just didn't wasn't comfortable in the conversational part of, of the Spanish language. This is why I, why I came to Mexico City. Not only for the culture of my language, but the culture of Mexico as well. I am a dual citizen Mexican and an American. So these two things combined together is what motivates me to work and speak the language of Mexico. Now, with that being said, I have met many Mexicans here who also want to learn to speak English. And it's really difficult for me to say that because when I'm trying to talk to them in Spanish, uh, you know, they, they just they don't correct me. But then they want me to speak English so they can understand more and learn more words. It's kind of like the reverse thing. And I found, like when I was in Hollywood, I found when I met this Mexican actor, actress, and she was an American like I was, and she learned to speak the language, and she learned the accent of a Mexican, how Hollywood believed the Mexican accent should be. I asked her to help me. She wouldn't. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But the reality is this. I believe that the fact that I speak English you know, perfectly for the most part, and I also can speak Spanish, also is a strength. And I want to use that strength to teach people how to speak for myself as well, because it only advances my ability to speak Spanish, and as well to concentrate on what I was missing, what I didn't learn in college in my conversational Spanish. Not because I didn't get a B, because I only got a B. That was just... I didn't care. I really didn't care. I got an A in German in the next semester. So it's not that I care. It just, you know, it wasn't that important to me because I grew up with the language. But I couldn't speak it in conversational. Coming here in Mexico City, I find that's also the situation. Even when I was doing jokes at the comedy club, you know, I had to bring down the jokes to my knowledge and my speaking level. And so that way I can communicate to the audience. But I wanted to advance that. So the next five days, one hour a day, I'm going to start in speaking in words that I think are the power words that need to be learned and understood. And I'm going to say them in such a way that if you're Spanish and you want to learn English, you're going to also understand as well. And also the reverse. If you're English, American, and only speak English, you want to learn more Spanish, you can learn what verbs are so important in the Spanish language. We're not going to talk about conjugation. We're not going to talk about sentence structure. We're not going to talk about any of those things because those things are always already done very well in many different apps. Like I signed up for one app and this app. I really, truly have signed up for four apps. I quit all of them. It's not because they didn't have some value. They had 1% value of what I really needed. What I needed to understand is how to have a conversation with somebody else. I needed to hear what those words were. So when it, when it boils down to, let me talk about how people learn. Children learn not by whole sentence structures. They don't learn verbs, nouns, conjugated verbs. That is not how people learn. People learn through sentence fragmentation. What that means is we learn through gross motor learning. What that means is this. We hear word, 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 and there's maybe five words in the middle, but those three words Give us an understanding of what the whole sentence is. It's like we're perusing through 
language when we're learning. It's not later, it's only later in life that we start learning all the little fillers, the fillers that we need to learn in language. And that's what we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about power words. What words are important in structure? We have 250 of them. So the next five days, we're gonna talk about each one. And everyone, I might interject a joke or two of how it makes me think, just so that I can understand the word better so you can remember the word. Also, there's three steps to learning. That's the most important part. And I don't care if you're a gymnast, as I used to coach 20 years gymnastics. I don't care if you're, if you're a student, because I was a substitute teacher for many of those years. It doesn't matter. You need to do these three things. First, one, the most important part, is practice. Now, when I say practice, what I'm really saying is that you gotta concentrate, I may have spelled that wrong, but anyways. <laughs> anyway, practice, what you re that really means is you gotta concentrate what you're trying to accomplish. Practice it, it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, when young people learn, it's always gross motor movement, gross, not motor, gross motor vocabulary movement in your mouth. What I mean by that is you watch a child. They'll imitate sounds that sound like language, but they're truly not. A funny story, I had my niece when she, she lived with me and my, and my, my niece lived with me with her, her grand, brand new daughter. She was two years old. And when they lived with me, the, her daughter used to go to my room and I had this huge bed and she would plant her wings like, a, like an angel and she would get on the phone and she would go blah, 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 blah. Okay, and then I would be sitting on my computer looking at her, and I would go oh, blah 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 blah, and she would go oh, blah 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 blah, and I would go blah 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 blah. That is an exact example of how young people learn language. They learn it through rote, through learning it through example. Okay, now they don't know the words necessarily, but they know the pitch, the connotation, and that's where accentos come from, and that's where. Learning comes from. So the first thing that we say is you need to practice. So when those young people are doing that, they actually are practicing the language. Two. Embrace. Surround. Embrace is, is surround yourself around the language. This is very important because when I'm walking through the streets and I don't always understand every word that I hear, I know that I can skip rocks and understand the sentence because I understand some of the verbs and the nouns and I can try to figure out what they're saying. But the important part was the listening part. Now, as I was listening, just like that child was mimicking our, our language, our voice, our, our intonations, our pitches of a conversation, as she was doing that, as my niece was doing that, at the same time, she was embracing the language from which she's gonna speak in the future. Now that's also very important to understand that you need to embrace yourself with this language, surround yourself with the language. Now. I understand not everybody has that opportunity. Not everybody has opportunity. What I've done is come to Mexico City to learn the language and just jump in and dive in like a crazy man. <laughs> okay, but this is why I did it. I wanted to learn the language and I wanted to speak. As an actor, 
I was often told, well, you know, you say the words, but you don't sound like a Mexican. Or you don't sound like this, or you don't sound like that. And I'll be honest with you, it kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, why don't I sound like a Mexican, you know? And, and it's funny because as I read the words and I know that they're, they're supposed to have certain pitches, I, you know, I say them wrong because I don't know, I don't know the community. I don't know the culture. I don't know how words are said because they're said differently everywhere. Just like how I speak so fast, okay? That's Mexican culture, not American culture, but it's still the same. Now, let me give a classic example. I live in Mexico City by a park called Alameda Central, okay? So it's, just, it's the oldest park in all of North, North America. Interesting story I just found out. During the Spanish Inquisition, they actually burnt people, all the heathens there, <laughs> a long time ago. But I'm just saying, okay, it's real. Anyway, let me back. I got to get a good sidetrack. But when I say the word Alameda, I want to say Alameda. But no, I'm often corrected. No, it's Alameda. Alameda. It's kind of like when I lived in Idaho, okay? They always just say, no, you can't say Boise. You got to say Boise. Okay, it's the same thing. Dialect is so important. Now, also dialect also gets in your way when, or, or slang of how words are said. For example, in America, we often say, uh, uh, uh. But really, in Mexico, oftentimes you'll hear a certain class of people say, way, 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 or um, um. That's an American, right? So we cross back and forth between different things. So the reality is, not only do we have to understand and embrace the language, not only do we need to practice the language, we have to do one more thing, okay? This one more thing, in this context, I'm gonna say it's escribir. Escribir, or in, line, in English, write. When I'm writing jokes, I oftentimes have a book and I'll be sitting at a cafe, here it is actually, and I'll write jokes and I'll read them and I'll go back a couple years later and I'll read them again and I'll constantly read my jokes and say, oh, that wasn't that good. But it's funny when I'm doing a set, something will trigger me and all of a sudden I remember that joke. The other day I was talking to a young lady who was showing me an apartment in the historical part of, of, of Mexico City. Is I'm trying to look for a, a big loft so I can be creative because I love to do art. And this city is so filled with creativity that I just want to be artsy, <laughs> okay? I'm already artsy. I'm gay. I just want to be more artsy, okay? Anyways, so the reality is this. As I was talking to her, I started communicating and words were coming out of, the, out of nowhere. In fact, sometimes I'll say words that I don't even know if it's right in English, but when I say it to the person, I ask them, I stop myself, is that the right word? And they go, yes, you said the right word. I said, oh, I need to stop thinking. Okay, that goes back to the road learning with the young people. And that's what we want to talk about. So the next five days, um, I think it'll take us five days. If it takes us four, we'll just do it in four. We're going to discuss every aspect of verbs that are important in communication that I've used in Mexico City. Now, that doesn't mean you don't use it everywhere. Obviously, you use it everywhere. I'm going to say it properly that I can say it, the best way I can say it. And then at the same token, I'm going to say what those words mean in English. So that way, some of my friends or people who I'm acquaintances who I've met who really want to understand the words, 
how to say it in English, they also can learn this in English. Now, right now, of course, I'm speaking English this whole time uh, because later on I will communicate more in Spanish and I will reverse it. But right now, English, okay? So now, I think the most important part of learning language is that we have to do these three things. You have to practice, you have to embrace the, and surround yourself around the, the words so you can hear them because this is very important to hear them how they're said. Another example, I used to go to a coffee shop. In this coffee shop, they said words a certain way. Now, every time I couldn't understand what they were saying, but it turns out I understood the word. I just didn't understand it being said that way. Okay? So this is really important. And write. Escribir. Okay? You need to write. Write this down. Write the words down. So part of the lesson, if you're following me, is to actually write these words down. Okay? I will put a link wherever this ends up and with the words that we're working on. And this is lesson one. So I just want to let you know, lesson one, we'll go through the words. And I'll give you all the words in one lesson. You don't have to have them. But anyway, as far as the video is concerned. Now, since I'm doing this live and doing this on a podcast, you can also get this lesson for $3 on my platform. My platform is 3mof.com. 3M is in Michael. O is in Ortega. F is in film.com. 3mof.com. My actor name is Michael A. Pina. Michael A. Pina. That's my actor name. And of course, I was on some TV series of HBO. Who cares? None of that matters. Okay? We're here to learn language. <laughs> Spanish. The best I can teach it. Now, if you go there, you're going to go to the streaming button. Hit the streaming button. And you will see the, the links to be able to pay for a course. The first course, the second course, the third course. Now, the reason why we're charging, obviously, is for very, very obvious reasons. To be able to create more content, if you like what we're doing, and we can actually generate revenue so we can create more films. Yeah, I create films. I came to Mexico City to embrace myself with the culture, to learn the language, and also to make films. Films of the culture of Mexico. As a Mexican, because I am a Mexican citizen now, and as an American, because I am an American citizen, I really felt the importance of bridging the gap between both cultures. There's been a lot of politicos, a lot of politics, all these things about borders, walls, immigration, non-immigration. Those issues are not important to me. They're important to me, but they're not part of what we're doing here. What is important is to understand the language and how to use it. Because I believe for negocios, negociosos, for business, there is a future. Now, of course, I'll work my way through language as well because I'm not perfect in the language yet. But you know what? That's what this is about. Working through language. Okay, so let's get to the lesson. Enough of this chatter. I chattered for quite too long. Anyway, but I want to introduce yourself, myself to you. But you know what we're going to be doing every day for the next three days. Well, Monday, weekdays. So it's today's Thursday, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving in America. Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll get through the lesson of the 250 verbs in Spanish. Now, this is kind of the mundane part, but the important part. Meaning, when you come to Mexico City, as I said previously, there are not a lot of English-speaking 
people. You go to the street vendors. You go to the stores. Anywhere you go, you go to restaurants. They are not going to speak English. Some will. For the most part, some will speak a little bit. But you're not going to have a, a cultural experience conversation. Now, I'm not one of the guys who's going to grab a tour guide and run around and do the city. Now, you can do that experience. Many of the nicer hotels have those features. Uh, there's some beautiful boutique hotels in the city. I, I'm not that. I am kind of one of those guys who, well, I know I'm Mexican. I should know the language. And, and you're right. I should know the language, but because I didn't learn it culturally, I'm going to learn it now. This course is to help people like that. People who are there, they understand the structure, but they just don't understand everything. So this is what we're going to talk about. Right now, this part is the verbs. We're going to talk about the verbs. These are very important. And we're going to do it in a way that's structured so that we understand how to learn. As a teacher, it was very important for me not just to preach to my students, my athletes. No, 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 no. It was to make them active and engaged in the process. So right now, although there's not going to be any interaction with, with what we're doing, you can email me, correspond to me, communicate with me about various, various things that you want to discuss. Okay? So hold on. Let me take a breath. Hold on one second. Okay. Now, the mundane part of learning is actually doing the exercises. We're not going to do a lot of exercises, but we are going to discuss certain things. So please write down the words. I'm not going to give them to you right away. Well, when we have the when the when the when the lesson is up on the platform, you can actually get what words we're working on. So you can get them that way with the sounds, a way to pronounce them. But right now, we're just going to do it on the board, live action. Okay. Now, the first word. It's on the top of the list in my in my mind. Is the verb ser. Ser. To be. It said it is said is essential. It's 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 permanently it's permanent quality. I I want you to understand what that means. Um, to be. Okay, ser. To be. Now, when we use the word, when we conjugate it. We, we, we're, we're trying to make sure that we're who we're, to, who we're speaking to, okay? Said. The next word is haber. Haber. To have. To have. Now, when I use these words, you got to understand, they're just, I'm going to go through a list. I'm really just working through a list. I want you to write the list down because this is what happens. When you're in a conversation, and when you're conversating with somebody, especially when it's dual, dual language, you're thinking initially in English. Then what you're trying to do is communicate your English thought in Spanish. So you're going to pull out key words. 
Okay, when I do comedy, actually, that's what I do. I have jokes, okay? I have them on a big list. Every one of my jokes has keywords. And if an audience member says something, an audience says something to me, it triggers a keyword. I'll turn to them and smile, but when I'm turning them and smiling, I'm really thinking of verbs and action words of storyline that has to do with whatever they said. So this list is that kind of action word list. How do you communicate to another person in a different language using the skill set and tools that you have today? They already exist. They're already in your mind. You're not just a fifth grader learning Spanish. You're actually a much older person learning language, okay? Communicating through language. So first word said, next word is haber. Haber, once again, to have, to do something, it's an auxiliary verb, okay? Here's a fancy word, auxiliary verb. Just remember, to do something, to have, haber, okay? Next is a star, to be. You use a star a lot of different ways. It can be your health. It could be the location that you're around. Okay? It could be a state of mind. So there's many ways you can use the word estar. Estar. Okay? The rules of three. So we're going to say these three things. Ser, haber, estar. Ser, to be. Haber, to have. Estar, to be. Okay, now if you noticed, ser and estar, both are to be, but they're used in different places for different reasons. Spanish, that's where it gets confusing. Oftentimes when I'm speaking, I'm like, wait, I already know that word. That's the same word. How do I use it? Now it's context. Okay, context. And what you do is you can use interchangeably, although you, you may confuse your listener, but that's okay. Because this is gross motor movement learning, okay? Gross movement, gross movement in your mind, okay? So go ahead and do that. Ser, to be. Haber, to have. Estar, to be. Remember, to be of ser is essential, part of something. To be, the other to be, which is estar, is health, location, state. Yo estar bueno. Yo está aquí. Okay? Yo hago alguien. Okay? I bet. So there's different ways to use this. So don't get stuck on, on the context. Because remember, what we're trying to do is like a spelling bee. We just want the words in our minds. So the first three words, ser, haber, estar. Ser, haber, estar. Now, of course, in English, to be. To have. I'll improve my wall system as we do this more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, the next word we're going to speak to is another to have. Now, these words are all similar, okay? But they're similar, but they're different. Okay, to have, tener. Tener means I have something. Tener. Tener, 
I have, tener, okay? Hacer, to do, hacer, to do, to make, okay? Yo hacer alguien, I'm doing something, okay? Hacer, to do. Now, it's important, and I hope you're doing this because this is part of the exercise, is to make sure to write down the words as I'm working through them. Although I'm writing them on the board, I know you're just listening, okay? And some people just listen. But the best part of learning, the most important part of learning, is when you grab this book later and you're sitting down and you start thumbing through and you see the, you see the words, you'll be shocked how many times... And you're having a conversation, these words pop in your head. And now you can have a decent conversation with somebody that understands and you understand each other. By pulling out these words, like a comedian, a good comedian pulls out keywords in their conversation. What you don't want to do, I remember the first word, you know, first sentence or phrase I learned in Spanish. It was so ridiculous that I used to say it just as a joke over and over and over. It was so stupid. But they don't use that phrase in Mexico at all, okay? All right, so in reality, it, I don't know if it was something bad. It just wasn't something that was applicable, okay? Just wasn't, okay? So we'll move on. Tener, to have, hacer, to do. To make. Poder, poder. Well, that is to be able, can, to be able, can, to be able. Now, in language, this is really important. Poder, puede. Okay, you can conjugate it a bunch of different ways. Puedes, okay, us. But we're not talking about conjugation. We're talking about the key words that you need during conversation, during language. Conversational language. I know when I was taking Spanish um, at Arizona State, I was stunned because um, we, we wouldn't speak Spanish, but we weren't actually learning how to have a conversation. And I always kept thinking there's got to be a better way to do this. What's missing in this course? What's missing in our ability to be able to speak as a group, a, a class? Why is it that, that I could go to the class, not really have a great conversation, but at the same token still get a good grade? That didn't make sense to me, okay? I'm not a rote learner, okay? We all are rote learners, but I'm saying I'm not a rote. I'm just not going to learn a bunch of words. I need to understand how to use them in language. Right now, the first part of what we're trying to do is just understand the key, key power words in Spanish that we need. And I've isolated to several words. We have 250. <laughs> if you have 250 words and you know these by rote, I trust you, you're going to be able to have a conversation. But you're first going to have to be able to listen to it and understand it. And that's where the embracement part of language talk that we talk about the first part of my lecture here. So tener, to have, hacer, to do. Poder, to be able, can, poder. Puedes alguien, alguien. Puede hacer alguien. I can do something. Okay. These are important things to understand. Okay. Now, as we move through the language, let's make sure to write these down so that way we have those power words in your, in your mind, in your book, so you can refer them to the, yourself later if you're on a train 
or maybe you're driving down the road and you're listening to what I'm saying, you're right there. It's in your mind. Tener, to have. Hacer, to do. Poder, to be able. Can, to be able. But I said, alguien, I can do something. Okay? I said, tener, I have something. Yo tener mucho dinero. No tengo mucho dinero. Okay? Okay, so let's move on for that. So the whole idea here is to understand language and use it segments at a time and be able to communicate to each other by understanding when to use these words, okay? So let's move on. Okay, number seven, decir. Decir, to say. Tell. So there's a difference, and you have to understand that. Decir, to tell something. Yo digo. Decir. Ir. To go. Now, when I came to this word decir, how I remember decir, because decir is to say, to tell, and ir is to go. So to me, they're similar. Okay, so when I first learned these words and how to use them in, in, in language and in conversation, in my mind, I heard ear. I heard ear. I want to go. I want to say something. But then I knew that wasn't the right word. Ear doesn't make sense to say I want to say something. But I understood, oh, it's desir. So it's very similar. Okay, it has a root. It could be a root. Anyway, desir. To say, to tell, ear, to go. Okay. So let's move on. Ver. It's just to see. Ver, to see. Now, this is important, and this is why this is grouped together. Because when you say decir, I want to go, okay? You want to go, ir, and then you say ver, I want to see. They're all movements. They're all actions. They're verbs that speak about something that we want to do. Okay? Yo quiero ver. I want to see something. Yo quiero ir. I want to go. Okay? Querer obviously is the verb, but I'm just saying querer ir. Okay? Decir, to say and tell. Now, when we're speaking in these words, these words are important because when you're when I was taking these courses in, on, online on, on these little apps, it drove me crazy because even though they were helping me learn language structure and understand what to do with language, it was so not applicable. It wasn't something that, that I, I saw myself using. In fact, when I would be in the restaurants or I'd be at the cafes or I'm talking to a street vendor, none of this stuff applied because I didn't understand the words. Okay, in their context, and that's what we're trying to get to. How do we understand the words in the context? So, decir to say, to tell, ir to go, ver to see, ver to see. Okay, so in your English mind, thinking mind, you want to remember to see is ver, to go is ir, to say to tell is decir. In your Spanish speaking mind, 
I want you to understand to say the words to say it, to decir. Ir is to go. And there is to see. So now we reverse those. So that way English speaking can understand how to speak Spanish and how to say the words properly. And actually Spanish speakers can understand how to say the words properly in English. I'm getting messages and I'm just avoiding them because I don't really want to speak to them right now. We're concentrating on our subject matter. Okay. Now, the next word is dar. Dar. To give. Dar. I want to give you something. Yo quiero dar a alguien. Alguien. Yo quiero dar. Okay. I want to give you something. Okay, now the next word is saber. Which is to know. But this one is specific. It's to know something specifically. It's you know some information. Some information. And the reason why this is grouped with, with dar. It's because it's similar to give something, okay? To know information, da saber información, saber información. I know something. I have information to, to know something, okay? So información, information. So these are important things to understand. This is why they're grouped together, dar and saber, okay? Dar and saber. Now, I'm going to throw in a, 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 uh, a twisty, okay, a twisty. Querer. Querer. So, to, to get, querer is very similar to these two others. To want, okay, because in order to want something, you have to know it, obviously. And when you want something, you want it given it to you. Okay, so so it's very common. Okay, so querer is very similar to dar and saber. Okay, because you can't they they're, they coexist. Okay, when you start thinking from an English language perspective, they coexist. But Spanish delineates it because it actually adds another element. Well, we need we don't need any more complications, do we? But it does because it also means love. Love. So this is one of the rules that you learn in language. For example, in English, you learn to say certain words a certain way based on their um, historical uh, perspective, uh, historical um, history. For example, certain words are said certain ways because it's a German language, or maybe certain words are said a certain ways because it's a an American language. I mean, it's a Spanish language. Like in my family, we say tortilla, tortilla. But when I was living as a kid, living with a young family who took me in so I could be a gymnast, and they were they were they were white, um, Christian family, they said tortillas, tortillas, okay. But so when I went home one day to to, to my family during the holidays, I said tortilla, and they said, "What is a tortilla? We want a tortilla." Okay, so it, it so there's these language exceptions based, and you have to learn those rules that they're all individual. In this case, there's no exceptions, but querer means to want, means they, 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 they grouped it into a group of I want something, 
which is very similar to what we just talked about. You have to have knowledge of it. You have to know it. Okay, so that means you want it. So it has a greater a greater element. Gered is a greater element that I want something. I keep getting these postings. <laughs> it's like, no, shut up. I don't want to talk right now. Okay. Anyway, so now, as we go through this, as we go through this, we have to understand the various aspects of language that are very important. Okay. And why they're important. So we have these keys and cues that remind us why we want to use these words. For example, that is to give. You want to give something. Sabet is to know. You have to have information. So that's why it's grouped with dar. And more importantly, querer means more globally as a group that you want it all. And it also has the context of love. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So now we're going to move from a contextual viewpoint of singular context to maybe one of a greater context. So it's Yegar. To arrive. To come and to reach. In the English language, this has this is a complication, okay? And it's because it has different points. In in, in English language, we have three different words that basically mean uh, have different context. But in Spanish, we don't have that. We have the agar for in this particular case. Now everyone's different, so just remember in this particular case. Yegar, to arrive, come. So those two are similar. Arrive and come are similar. Okay. Then we say reach. Now, reach is not similar, although it can be. Okay. Because do you reach a conclusion? Yegar una conclusión. What what do what do we do? Okay. In the English language, we don't really speak that way. Okay, so I want you to point out that this is an exception, that it has several, three different meanings for one word. Uh, I, I joke around with a lot of my friends. I joke around with a lot of my friends, and I say, I, I español. Hay mucho palabras. Hay mucho palabras. <laughs> okay, what I'm saying is sometimes in Spanish language, you can say it succinctly with two words. Sometimes you have to say six words to say the same thing that we say in two words in English language. Once again, these are rules of language, and we have to learn to use these rules of language as they come upon us. And this is an example. Okay, So we understand that God is to arrive, to come, and then finally to reach, reach something. Okay? Yaga. Yagai. Yagada again. Okay? And it has different contextual standpoints, so we have to understand when to use them. That's okay. Right now, all we're doing is putting a lot of, we're putting 250 bullets into our gun, or 250 bullets into our holster, or into our toolkit, so that way we can speak the language of conversational Spanish. When I say Spanish, I mean Mexican, okay? Uh, because the words are different. 
Uh, oftentimes, there's many phrases in, in, in Spain that are different than, than in American. And actually, there's very many phrases in Mexico uh, that are actually different in, in the United States and Mexican as well, because there's slang everywhere. Okay, we're not going to move on. I got sidetracked. Okay, so let's get back to subject matter. Pasar. Pasar. Once again, pasar has many meanings in the English language. One of it is to pass. Another one is to spend time. And the other is to happen. Now, they all globally are the same subject, kind of, but they're not, okay? Because pasar is you can pass in a car, okay? To spend time, you can just sit in a room, okay? To happen, something that's, that, that's, that's active, that's actually concurrent right now. So pasar oftentimes can mean two different things because to happen means it's active right now. But then to pass means it's passive, it's passive, it's passive, okay? It's behind, okay? To spend time is actually current. Although that's similar to happen, it's not in the English language. So you have to understand that when you're speaking in Spanish, this one word has three different meanings, and this one had three different meanings. So you got to arrive, come, reach, pasar, to pass, to spend time, to happen. So in language, in Spanish, you just got to remember these rules and how to say them. Pasar. Okay, llegar. And in English, it's to arrive, come, reach, and pasar, to pass, to spend time, to happen. So I hope you're writing these down because these are really, really important. Um, and because remember, we're trying to create a dictionary of language. In computer science, we learn what's called a dictionary of language. Let me explain that to you. When a computer learns how to speak a language, what it does is takes your vocabulary and organizes it and takes your tone of saying those words and matches them together so you can learn the language. It can learn your language because we all speak differently. We all have different accents, uh, whether it's English or Spanish. We all have different tones. We all have different emphasis of words that pops through our mind and how we say them in, in English or in Spanish. And it's really important to understand these differences so that way when you're learning a language, you can glue it all together. Okay, so we're gluing it all together. Okay, so ligar and pasar. We're gonna move away from these words. Now, we're going to move into some, some, some other words that are very important in language. One is deber. Deber is to owe, must, should, ought to. So think about that. That's a lot of things. It's to owe. That makes perfect sense, deber. Okay? But it also has other context. Must. Should and ought to. Now, think about that for a second. That's that's a mouthful. Okay, 
One word has a mouthful. Deber. How you, how you use it in a sentence determines which meaning you mean. So the context in Spanish and Mexican is very important. So when I'm saying deber, when I want to owe something, okay, when I say something that we must, okay, it's emphasis, it's an emphasis, deber, should, and ought to. So when I say Spanish sometimes has a lot of words, Espanol tengo mucho palabras, it's a joke. Because oftentimes in English, we actually have more rules than we do in Spanish. We just got to understand the context of how to use the word. So the deber the, the is actually a lazy word in that it means many things, but context is important. So I'm not an expert in language, but I am an expert in understanding differences in trends. And I see here when I'm learning language, but I have to understand the rules and how to apply them. So I'm suggesting these power words that we're giving you are very important to understand how to use them. These verbs, these verbs, Spanish verbs. Let's go from the top of the list so that we on top of this. Ser, haber, estar, tener, hacer, poder, decir, ir, ver, dar, saber. Querer, llegar, beso, no, <laughs> deber, I almost went on ahead of ourselves, <laughs> okay, pasar, deber, okay, so uh, did I go ahead of myself, yeah, okay, now, let's move on, just wanted to review where we were, and keep that in your mind, poner, to put, Place, set. Now, when we're speaking language, when we're speaking about these kind of things, we have to recognize that in Spanish, one word will mean many things in English. And that's where sometimes a lot of, uh, I had this young man tell me, could you help me with Spanish? I mean, with English, because it's really complicated. What's complicated is for him to delineate, why does this word, poner, why does it mean these many, th many things? Okay, Because he doesn't understand the context of how the language is being used. But as an English speaker, we understand to put, place, and set. These are, these are simple concepts. Okay, But to reverse it, it becomes a little bit more complicated. It isn't impossible. Clearly, it's not. You just have to understand the rules. Everybody understands Monopoly. As I see it, it takes forever to play, so I don't want to play it. But everybody understands the rules. Everybody understands the rules of Blackjack. So once you understand the rules, it's an easy game to play. You just have to understand how to put it in sequence. Deber poner. Okay, so let's move on to a different. Now, this is going to be 
the last section that we're going to concentrate on today. So we're only getting down to, to 15 and 16 and 17. So we have 250 more to go. So there's a lot to remember. But the whole goal here is to start at the top of the list, understand the contextual aspects of how the language is used in Spanish, apply that to English. And in reverse, if you're Spanish and you understand the words already, how to apply them in the English context. So that's the difference. This is why we're going over this. So I don't want to spend and belate this too long because this can get boring, but it's a very important aspect of how to learn the English language and how to learn the Spanish language. And we're going to break it down systematically. Okay. So we're going to put poner. I have to get some new markers. Poner, which is to put, to place, to set. Poner, to put, to place, to set. What I find easy about the Spanish language is as long as you know the verbs, you can conjugate it rather simply to who you're speaking to or to yourself. And because Spanish has the vosotros and we don't use vosotros in Latin America, we have the great benefit of only knowing five conjugations and applying all of these power words, these, these Spanish verbs that's so important in language. I don't know in English if this is the case. Because contextually, I always speak English through, con through, through grandiose concepts of, of an, an idea. I don't think of the verbs that create the communication. But I do believe in Spanish, these verbs are actually the most important part. And I don't know is that I get is I get more versed in Spanish, um, I can start thinking more, more grandiose like I do in English. But I can tell you I read I read a lot of political articles in Spanish, and I don't understand the language. It's a language in of itself of the, the language of polit politicians um, speaks in it in a different way. Um, that. I think oftentimes is, 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 doesn't make sense to me yet. Um, maybe over time I'll figure that out. Or maybe I'll just always be a layman and I'll just speak, speak uh, burritos and tacos, okay? And yo quiero dos. <laughs> okay, who knows? Poner, to put, a place, to set. Para ser. Para ser. Para ser. To seem. Appear. Now, these two words I put together, and these are going to be the last two words of the day, because they grouped in my mind this way. Poner, to put something, to place it, to set. Three different English ideas into one word. Poner, to put, to place, to set. Para ser, to seem and to appear. To seem. When I group these together, they're common. 
And that's the important part to understand is because they're common, I'm able to have a conversation with the two words and find one, two, three, four, wait, one, two, three, four, five different contexts. That's the important part. This is why we call these power words, verbs, power verbs, or power words, because we're speaking in context. And we're only using two words to do this. When I decided to bring this course to light, it was for several reasons. One of the reasons was to better inform myself of the language I've come to learn and the culture that is my family. Second, to find a way to communicate my language skills for people to learn. So we can learn languages collectively. And also because I am a Chicano in the true sense that I grew up not learning Spanish in any aspects. This is why I speak like this. At the same token, cuando habla español, yo sabes mucho también. Because I can bring the two ideas together through a structure that makes sense. We will be here every day on the weekday for the next five days at 3.30 Central Standard Time. We invite you to join us on my TikTok, which is overt underscore TikTok, OV number three RT underscore TikTok, or to go to my website, 3mof.com, which stands for Michael Ortega Films. My name is Michael A. Pina, that's my actor name. And my name in Mexico is Michael Ortega. Yeah, I have many names. <laughs> Welcome to the Club of Mexico. Okay. In Mexico, we habla Mexico. In English, it's Mexico. I want to thank you for your time. I hope you've enjoyed the class. Please leave notes. We have archived this at 3mof.com. And you can charge, pay $3 to keep the course in the library. So you can refer to it anytime you want. Today we went over 16, 17, 17, that's it, 17 verbs. Tomorrow we'll go over a few more, hopefully a lot more, and let's review them before we leave. Ser, to be, haber, to have, estar, to be, tener, to have, hacer, to do, make, poder, to be able, can. Decir, to say, tell. Ir, to go. Ver, to see. Dar, to give. Saber, to know, as an in information. Querer, to want, to love. Llegar, to arrive, come, reach. Pasar, to pass, spend time, to happen. Deber, to owe, must, should, ought be. Poner, to put, place, set. Parecer, to seem, to appear. Thank you. Have a great day. And see you soon.
Hasta la mañana. Quit texting. Bye bye.